0: The amazing new Westport Library and iTunes proudly present. Oh, brother, not another podcast with me, Trace Burroughs.
1: And me, Migs Burroughs. And our guest today is Lori Cochran Dugal. Is that it? Dougal? Dugal. Like, kind
2: Dougal. of like Cochran Dugal. Really? Do- yeah, oh, like, oh, okay. With co- do.
1: well, the two L's sound like do Who's the director of one of Westport's true treasures, is the Westport Farmers Market? And for anybody who doesn't know about it, where are well, I can, whatever, I can understand now being quarantined, but before March, you should definitely have known about it. Um, so, Lori, why don't you just give us the basics of where it is, the website, get all that stuff down where people can find you now, now that we're, you've gone virtual.
2: Yeah. All right. So you can find us at westportfarmersmarket.com. We are currently in an online only, um, online purchase, pre-purchase and then pickup model. And it's happening on Thursdays from 10 to two. Our online stores open on Sunday, potentially might move to Saturday and they close on Tuesday, potentially may close on Monday. We are kind of navigating, we're currently in a pilot model. So we're just navigating some waters to figure out what's gonna be the best plan going forward.
0: Where do people go to pick up the uh, products?
2: We're currently housed at Gilberti's, our winter market home. And we are outside in their back lot. If you've ever visited the 93 year old residents yeah. in Westport. So we are, um, we're in the kind of the way back lot. You you get to walk through Gilberties, just get a little sense of normalcy and then see the beautiful plants, make you want to grow a garden. <laughs> and then you come up to us and we call your name, you grab your items and you leave. So your average time in the market is about 10 minutes.
1: And, this, and your vendors and suppliers, are they all on board. I mean, is this something, does this work for them? I mean, it must work for them, but I mean, you know, how,
2: yeah, I mean, Hey, what, a, like, right. What a hard time for us all to figure mm. this out. But the the purpose of a market is there's, there's so many, well, there's so many purposes, but the foundation of it is, is to support farmers, small to mid-sized farmers. And this model does it. I mean, we currently are pulling 400 people through in four hours if I have my druthers, I'm going to have 500 through there. I just got to get a few little efficiency things under wraps, but you know, at 500 people through a market at about 10 minutes at a time, eight to 10 minutes, you know, the economic viability of it really increases. And, and so what we've seen so far is that everyone's selling out the the glitch or the thing that we have to be ahead of the game for. I mean, we were kind of ahead of the game here, right? Like this happened. We said, okay, we're nimble. We're lean. We're not even open right now. It's Hmm. just open until May 14th. I mean, we technically do not open until May 14th. We are very kindly Hmm. under the town's graces being allowed to operate this pilot to figure it all out by May 14th. But this model can, can actually create some pretty decent income for these guys. I mean, our first week, we pulled about 200 people through and that generated around 15 between 15 and 18,000. Our second week, we were at 300 that had bumped to 22. We're now operating. We're going into our fifth week, fifth or fourth week. I don't know. They're all blurring together. Fifth <laughs> week. I don't know, whatever, but anyhow, you know, I'm estimating with five, if we can get up to 500, we're probably going to be pulling between 30 and 35,000 of income in for small to midsize mom and pop businesses and farmers. Wow. Not bad, right? Not bad. <laughs> a four-hour
1: window. Now, since I was reading on on the website that uh, when the farmer's market started in 2006, you had 14 vendors and now you have what? You're in the, how many?
2: Um, well this week we'll have 10 and as of May 14th, we'll have 12.
1: Yeah. But I mean in the, when you're at, when you're in live,
2: um, when we are live, we operate in-house, meaning what we call in-house on day of is 30 vendors. And then we have another 12 to 18 that operate on the outset. So they're rotating vendors that we, we call them added value vendors. And we're actually trying to figure out how to bring those added value vendors into this online model currently in, in some way, there'll be some creative, Ways I'm going to try in the next few weeks. Well, for the
0: live version, <laughs> um, do you have a limit on how many vendors? And do you have a waiting list for people that want to? Be a I
2: mean, yeah. Right now, I mean, we, well, it, it's interesting. I mean, this has been a challenge because some of people's favorite vendors aren't able, um, aren't able, or somewhat willing to take this model of online. And so, if they're not, they can't come in. And that's, it's been a really tough call. I'm mm-hmm. not going mean, to, I'm not going to lie. Like I've struggled. Um, some people we love that are very old farmers in this state that just don't feel they have the time or the ability. We've offered free help, by the way. I just want to lay that out there before anybody persecutes me. We will pre-web everything we've offered to do everything for them, but just for their model, um, you know, it just didn't work. And so it's sad. We, we will lose some of them. And I, I think that this, this pandemic is going to, it's going to be interesting how it shakes out in the small mom and pop businesses around here.
1: I think people might be surprised at, at the, the variety of of produce and meats and everything. Do, do you want to just, I mean, I'm putting you on the spot to memorize yeah. them all, but, you know, I mean, blueberries, we all think of blueberries, you know, coming from Chile or wherever they come used to come from if you're in Stop and Shop. But where, you know, what kind of things does Connecticut produce?
2: Well, first off, please don't buy those blueberries because they have been in the, they've been in a truck, they've been sprayed, they are not good, they're not good for the economy, they're not good for your community, and they're not good for you. Um, But two, you will see fruit, fruit is coming for us, we have, um, but it's not going to come till the same time it normally does, we're talking June, July is the earliest we've had, but we are having an earlier season, so the moment fruit's in, we're in. Uh, this past week, we've got late season garlic, late season potatoes that have just been hard, you know, have been kept in dry storage. We've got spinach. We have a ton of microgreens, organic, um, hydroponic mm. grown. And we've got prepared foods that are still meeting our requirement of having a one locally farmed ingredient, a minimum of them in there. We've got dairy, we have raw milk, we have a new raw milk vendor, which is beautiful. Young family names their cows, they know <laughs> them, they have pictures, they have videos, you can follow the cow. Oh, nice. um, their yogurt's gorgeous, people are really kind of going nuts over them. And then what else do we have? Um, We have Wave Hill, like a beloved Westport bakery. I mean, who can't go without bread right at the moment? And yeah, so we've just been slowly adding people together. We've got a goat cheese vendor. We will bring in our two big farmers, Riverbank and Fort Hill. They are, you know, they're on a trial, like they're on a trial to see if they can meet this model to help keep it fluid, keep it fluid. Excuse me. I mean, our, our goal is we've got to keep everybody safe. First of all, keep everybody safe. Second, create economy. Third, get us back to where, where we're meeting our mission and, around communication and being a food hub and we are being a food hub right now. Yeah, but we good. have, we do have delivery too, by the way, if anybody you know? doesn't want to come, we are. Oh, yeah?
1: What, what yeah. radius do you, any of So cut we're
2: off? doing Westport, Weston, Wilton, um, Norwalk and I believe Fairfield's coming online real soon.
1: And do you want to, do you need to shout out for volunteers or, or, or workers to do deliveries or things like that?
2: So here's where we're running right now. We're, we've high, we're, we're trying to create, you know, you know me well enough at this point, you know, I just constantly talk about, we got to create economic stimulus, mm. just stimulate, stimulate, stimulate. And so we have hired out of work restaurant workers that are running the delivery. And so they are the ones making the money. They make a hundred percent of the money. The market doesn't make a dime off of it. Um, currently we have had to, we, we are actually, I am looking for help being greeters. I do need somebody, I do need a volunteer to help greet people. But we have hired one, two, three, we've hired in total during this COVID period, four people that operate every Thursday on a one employee market. So we've, you know, we've just put every dime we've got to good use. And I don't know if you know, but we also, Gillespie Center reached out to us and we fed them for an entire month, every single month, over a month.
1: That's amazing. And
2: that was from one email of Maureen email me and saying, Hey, we need (laughs) some help. And I was like, I got you covered. We're good. We'll roll. And so kind of it's kind of amazing it's like this community is just i don't know I mean, yeah. people want to complain i'm like this place is amazing yeah. I mean, just what people well, are willing to do
1: yeah but you're you embody it, the model you created there and whatever really embodies all that all the good the best of what westport could be where it's not doesn't always happen in every place but you kind of took the
0: the the the, uh, farmers market because now I believe there's over 100 Connecticut you really took was just as basic before and you've really expanded what it could be with all your outreach programs and community stuff that you do I don't
1: yeah you innovated a bunch of stuff right I mean did you ever work in a farm did you have a pre I mean a little bit of your background but did did you did you work in other farmer markets did you kind of um
2: yeah so I mean I kind of come from a well, I gotta go a little further back. You know, I come from a great family in Virgin in southern southeast Virginia and I just was like, wait, am I Southwest Virginia? Lord knows at this point. But anyhow, I'm from Rondo, Virginia. Uh-huh. And um, we, my mother, I grew up going to a farmer's market every single Saturday. And it was part of our core. And we just something, she made it this beloved experience. And so it was kind of in my core. Of course, I went away, with, away from it in school and all of those things. And then, but when we lived in Jackson Hole, I did end up, I volunteered for a year and then ended up getting asked to be on the board. And eventually I held the board. Um, the chair of the board for several years. But I had no intentions I thought I would ever be running one. And uh, I get pretty humbled by it. If I if I was to say, if you were ever to ask me, like, did I find, I'm one of those people that actually found something I love so much. Mm. To do, and I'm just grateful to get to do it. I'm happy to do the work. Yeah. I'm honored to be in this town. And yeah, I kind of really love it. Like I really love it. I keep thinking I'm not going to. I'm like, am I supposed to go? When am I supposed to leave? Oh yeah. my like, God, I love this so much.
1: Am I supposed to love working 30 hours a day? Yeah.
2: Right. <laughs> Which I have put in some hours recently that is my certainly and we have, Meg, thanks to you, you know, Get Growing is a program that really isn't supposed to start to the middle of May, but it's up and running right now. And oh, we've got a kids program going out once a week around healthy things and yeah, we're just we're here to serve the community, in my opinion, and I, I think we're doing a pretty good job of it. If I were to pat myself on the yeah, back.
1: <laughs> and it's uh, and it's you know, a, you know, a little brief background. Uh, Paul, did Paul Newman and Michelle Nishan yes. started this, all right, of the West
2: Yes. Yeah, so Paul Newman and Michelle Nishan started it along with the help of Shelley Casson, this wonderful woman named Rebecca Howe, who used to be a Westport resident and Gordon, they were all, um, you know, the infamous story is Paul storms into town hall and says, <laughs> you know, it's like, I think he had something on about gardening from what I've heard. I wasn't here at the time. I never got to meet him. His family's been very kind and generous to us, mm-hmm. but apparently he walked in and just said this farmer's market's starting and it's starting soon. And they were like, okay, you've got it, here we go. And you know, and then Michelle opened up the space behind the dressing room and what what just it sounded, I would never saw that market. I was never here during that time, but it sounded like a really beautiful yeah. space.
1: Yeah, it was fun. I was in the Playhouse parking lot. Yeah, and no, I used to go there um, and yeah, and it's, it's just wonderful how it's evolved.
0: Um. I, I live in Reading and uh, my wife, um, ex-wife started the Georgetown Farmers Market 25 years yeah. ago. and the I remember I used to had a booth there for a while. I was selling uh pesto and whatever, trying to make pesticides. Some- <laughs> <laughs> what were you we selling? Yeah, I, like, I thought you said that for a minute. I didn't think the same thing.
2: Like,
0: and, I'm but the, uh, she f- this thing was fraught with polyp farmer politics and com- people whining. You know, I want move my tent over there and the products you know from that part sticking out. And do you, yeah. do you get it, any of this kind of polit- stuff from the farmers? I do? Like, yeah, farmers. I mean it
2: was hard when I first When I first decided to take over the market, there was a lot of inviting. Um, The town was actually considering closing it. And I was lucky to have the support of Shelly and Gordon. And they said, kind of run with this the way you want. And I gave them an outline of what I, where I saw it within two years. and, and, met those goals pretty early on, but yeah, you, I, you know, for farmers market managers, even, even to, if I wish this podcast could get out to all of them, because I keep trying to want to get my voice to them is that you, it, you have to have a strong sense of that. This is that vendors are there to vend that you're the entity and that they're there to vend. And, and through that, you're a team, you know, you all work together to make it happen, but there's gotta be a leader, especially in that arena and it, it's been an interesting platform to work within because you you know you want everybody to be on an even playing field, but at some point somebody has to be in charge because somebody's liable and somebody's responsible and it's. But yes, there are times. Luckily, <laughs> luckily, apparently, I have a pretty tough personality and people don't say a whole lot to me.
1: <laughs> I yeah, yeah. they learn. <laughs> how, how do? I'm just curious. How, how how are booths? This is like an. I mean, I'm. Relating it to an artist exhibition, like I want to be near the door, I want to be over there, that's the best wall. How do you assign booths? Is it seniority? Yeah, is it...
2: For us, and I apologize, you want me to turn my phone off real quick? Uh, no, I
1: don't no I don't.
2: you can't hear it. Okay. I don't hear it. No. So um I never have it ring, I don't know what it is. But anyhow, so our for us, like the the whole vendor setup, I really it's based off the space they need. Um, I have to consider during a normal market, I consider the lighting because a lot of stuff is perishable and the sun can't hit it in a certain way. I consider how people might manage if people are walking through them, if they're on the parking lot side, uh, I take a lot into consideration personalities, how vent, how booths look together. I mean, mm-hmm. if you talk to any of our vendors, they'll, they'll tell you, I walk around in the morning. I'm like, I don't like the way this is set up. You need to fix it. You better not be seen with a Dunkin' Donuts cup or a plastic <laughs> oh,
0: bottle. God. Yelling at you plastic <laughs> oh plastic my God.
2: Oh yeah, I am like. Apparently, I'm very much. Um, my friends yeah. say that I'm very much like a guy from the a guy from the kitchen. You know, you never know. There may be a pan coming your way before the guests get there. But once again, all good, but until then, you better get it in, in line. But yeah, you know, there's a lot that goes into it because you want people to compliment each other. If you're beside a you two beverage vendors beside each other, believe it or not, will encourage more beverage buying. Um, You know, a sweet person beside a bakery, if somebody's already bought a baked goods, Mm. they will, in their mindset, they're probably gonna buy a sweet as well. So you can, you kind of just think through the the process of buying similar to a grocery store in a way.
1: Yeah. Um, is the, is the, I, there's a couple of my favorites. So is the kombucha guy still, or is it seasonal or is he still?
2: So cross culture kombucha, we have two, we have Ohm um, champagne uh-huh. and they're in New York. And so we have decided that we are really going to stay just with Connecticut vendors right now okay. while this is happening. And not that we don't love our fellow statesmen or anything, mm. but we just really need to, just kind of got to go a little tighter to home and closer to home, but cross culture who we all love. They do the taps. I'm not sure which one's your favorite. Everybody's got theirs. They are out of Danbury and they're doing really well. They're still selling. They will be, um, they'll be part of our added value program that we're going to bring in.
1: And another that's one that's which true. trace and I uh, interviewed just before this all came down was uh, Rachel precious, the oyster or oyster woman lady. Love. Yeah.
2: I mean, one, yeah. she's like drop-dead gorgeous. And Sprite. two, she's yeah. so cool and fun. And she just wants to be handing in like muddy buckets. Yeah. It's like, it's... I love her. I never want my hands dirty. She's so cool.
1: So <laughs> incongruous. I know the pictures of her in those boots and the and just muck mucking around. but uh... Totally.
2: And she just loves it. She's with all those guys all day. Hmm. And she has just passion and heart. Yeah, she's, she is a good egg. Man.
1: But that's seasonal, right? So she wouldn't be...
2: She's actually working. She's one of the people that we brought in. She's working for one of our vendors. We made sure she got a job. And so she's working for them. And as soon as the oyster beds open back up, she's going to be, out mm-hmm. and running. And, you know, interesting enough, Dan Barber just put something up about oysters and how during the Spain, I believe the Spanish flu, that oysters were the toilet paper of the time. Oh. There was this belief that they
1: <laughs>
2: had it. I mean that exactly? Right. The back order, the mad toilet paper. And people
1: were Not the <laughs> use, the demand. Right?
2: <laughs> right, not, to, not to use, but to get Right. Um, and that there are, there are currently, there are some old guard houses you can see where people, there were guards that had to protect the oyster beds. Yeah. And the ah. reason is because this they way. have so many properties that are beneficial to health, like oyster stew. And I didn't finish reading the whole article, but it was a really, really good article. It's tagged for me to finish. And now that I'm on this recording, I wish I would have, but Dan Barber. So to her point, I think that I'm hoping they will reopen pretty soon. Cause I think oysters hmm. are going to start getting a push here again.
0: Yeah, Before. I saw that picture at, at, at Old Mill Beach, that little building that used to be an a, a oyster guard shack. It was yeah. Someone posted on Facebook. I think it was Jeff Northrup. And um, uh, yeah, I was wondering, what's an oyster guard, you
1: know? Y- yeah, well, I yeah. guard oysters. Well. <laughs> um, you
2: might, it might be the new toilet paper. Hence, is, that'll be the tagline that comes out. <laughs> yeah. Mm.
1: yeah. <laughs> Um, so, you do beside the, I mean, not beside, in conjunction with the market, do, there's a lot of programming. Do you want to talk about some of the programs that you initiated? That
2: are... Yeah, so, I mean, we do have a lot. We have a, um, we have eight external and internal educational programs. We touched on Get Growing, which is our mm-hmm. youth-based education program. It encompasses young shoots. And then we also, um, we work with Homes for the Brave, Gillespie Center, where we work with students. We, we cannot work with the students currently. I'm sure everyone understands mm-hmm. why, but we typically, they create a menu. We purchase the items from local farms. They prepare the meal and then they serve the meal alongside us at Gillespie once a month. We also work with homes for the brave and their women's, home, which is pretty near, near and dear to my, to my heart. My husband's a veteran and is actually serving was deployed for the national guard right now. So we are, mm-hmm. um, yeah, it's kind of amazing, but anyhow, he. Um, but so that program works with the women's home, and there are fourteen beds there. And each month, we bring in either a home cook or most of them a chef, and we help them prepare a meal with ingredients they could find. But we buy them all from a local farm. And so we, a lot of these people, you'd be surprised, like have never been taught how to cook, and the last cooked meals they remember oh. are from their parents. So it, it's it's a great it's a great skill set to learn how to roast a chicken or to how to mm. properly cook pasta or how to actually cook rice and beans. I mean, things that we might slightly take for granted, but these are some fundamentals that could help these people in daily, you know, or daily daily life skills or daily living skills, something like that.
1: Yeah. I could use some of those skills. I don't, um, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you what I eat, but uh, <laughs> yeah, <same> here, <laughs> no, I eat, I go to the market when I can. It um, was the other one that I, Oh, Jane's, Jane's pickles. She's a big favorite, right?
2: Jane is great, you know, and so uh, this is a great place to launch us. I mean, I don't know, Jane may kick me under the table afterwards, but she's not here, by the way. um, (laughs) Jane has gotten her certifications to go on and sell sell in stores, and which is a really tough thing for these small vendors to do, and it's. It's like launching a child, you know, we've, yeah. we've grown her from the base. We were her first place and then you help get her yeah. in other spots and you, you know, you consult and you're there to hold her hand through it all. And yeah, so she's finally gotten mm-hmm. her certifications in place, her labeling in place, and um, she's going to be a supporter of the market, but she is working to go mm-hmm. on to bigger and better things right now.
1: And it's great. It's like sending Not it- the
2: better, but just bigger things. Yeah, no, big,
1: Right. It was yeah. like sending a child, not she's not an old child, <laughs> in, into the world and see them do well, right?
2: Yeah, it is. And, you know, it's funny because someone was like, are you so sad? And I was like, no, this is what a lot of these vendors are working towards. I mean, this is their dream is to be able to get into a grocery store and get a manufacturing plant using their recipes. And so, I mean, you know, my fingers are crossed is that Jane's pickles are everywhere and that she she succeeds in her goals.
1: Yeah well they're in my refrigerator oh, um, me too
2: i mean and if yeah. i run out if we run out we know where to okay. find her whether yeah. she's
1: <laughs> not giving away yeah. right from us like, <laughs> yeah, she we can
2: still get right a right knock here. on her door no matter yeah.
1: how big she gets yeah she's right here in westport um so what else did i want oh so uh, people you know fun, people donate how are you funded i mean is it is it corporate sponsored do you want to do you want to kind of oh, let people God, know I how to how people. to donate
2: Yeah. I will always talk about how they give us money. Um, so it's not my best forte unless I'm at an event standing on some box somewhere. But, um, yeah, we need money always, you know, we've, we've been really, I, I think I need to take a step back and just talk about, you know, I, I, I one talked about how important it is for us to create economy in this and to how myself and our board really felt that especially during this time, this is when you get up and work like you don't you don't look at your budgets. You don't think about it. You, you do what you need to do for your community. We've always been very focused on creating an asset bank so that we could we could succeed we could and we there's longevity so and the reality is that a lot of farmers markets close within their first five years and we've seen that you look at blackrock farmers market that everybody loved and thought was going to make and we actually gave them some seed money to try to keep them going they closed weston markets closed you know it's just it's really difficult to actually operate a more a true farmers market it's expensive too so to your question of how the best donate to us is one, we do take corporate sponsorships. We start, it starts at 1500 where I think it goes up to 3000 or 5000. We don't turn down any amount, by the way, if you want to give more, we'll take it. Uh, but we keep everywhere. Like I said, we're really lean operating machine. So every dime stays right here. It's completely allocated to every program. You're clear where it's allocated to. So we do corporate sponsorships, And then we also have vendor fees. The vendor fees make up what we try to do with the vendor's fees is that we try to make sure that they make up the expense of operating the basis of the farmer's market. And then from that, we've got the friend of the market program, which you can buy our bags at $40. They're cute bags. This year, they're the cutest, if I do say so myself. (laughs) And, um, but those bags will give you that's how we offset the vendor's fees cuz our insurance is crazy our insurance is like $8500 for us just to have insurance mm. that's, that's wow. outrageous
0: yeah
2: right that's expensive for a farmers market mm. so and I get it i understand why Ugh, whatever you know i'm not going to be able to change it so i just go with it but so that really helps cover that so we encourage everybody if you you know if you can't write the $1500 check or a $500 check if you could just buy the friend of the market bag, that's a huge help for us. And then ultimately shopping the market is one of the biggest yeah. things you can do. They can go to,
1: want, I'm sorry.
2: Yeah, I was, well, the only other thing I'd say, if you mm-hmm. want to donate, like an individual mm-hmm. donation, uh, it's on our website. You can go and put a PayPal donation in.
1: Yeah, that's what I was interrupting you to say. Yes, thank
2: you. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely interrupt me because I'll go down thank the rabbit right. trails of all the things we're going to do for you. Um, yeah, right. You have to pull me back in and say, You know, I am, I am really working on that Of that, We're going to, we will come out of this and say, Hey, we are, we are, we're good. We're not going to close. We are going to be, we're going to continue to operate. We're going to open in different models as we open up more and more and keep everybody secure and safe and do what we've done. Um, But we will look Mm -hmm. to the community eventually and say, Hey, remember us.
0: Yeah. When when you open live again, are you waiting for like something from the state or is it the town that says like, okay, you know, people can go to public places, places, but keep it down to so many people per, you know?
2: Yeah, it's all the above. It's all the above. We're we're all watching CDC. Then we talk to the state. And then as a local group, we talk. I talk to Mark Cooper continuously. Jim and Jen have been amazing. Uh, Talk to them, the chief. I mean, we have, we have just the resources here are amazing and they're readily available by phone for me. They've tossed around every idea we've had. They've come and checked out what we're doing, given feedback, helped us adjust some when we, you know, what based off of whatever anybody recommends. And then, um, but we're not sure how it'll look. We, we don't know, you know, if they, and truthfully, if you think about it like this, if they go to 50 people in a space at a time, or even they go to a hundred people in a space at a time, there's no way within a four hour period of time for a hundred people to make any type of economic impact on 20 vendors. Mm-hmm. There's no yeah. buying power there. Yeah. And the buying power then doesn't keep the farmers afloat. That doesn't keep the mom and pops afloat, which then hurts our economy more. So as much as I want to get back to that model, we're going to have to open up more. So for us to, the number one thing is to keep these guys in business so that we can open up when the time comes.
1: Right. Okay. Um, we have a few minutes left. I, I hope this isn't too macabre, but if your last meal, what would your last meal be?
2: <laughs> Something that somebody else cooked for me. I love my family dearly and I'm so <laughs> grateful to be with them. And I'm one i you yeah. know, I really, I really am actually, I've, I've loved all this time. I've got my last kids about to head off to college and oh. I couldn't, I could not be more grateful for this time, and I hope that doesn't sound terrible here. Yeah, no, but, no, no. Uh, I'm just trying to, you know, count my graces. But if I had to choose my last meal, it, oh God, I couldn't. But somebody could cook it for me. I'm so sick like of. No, that's it. a good.
1: No, that's a good. Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the warden, the warden usually cooks it. I think with the prisoners. <laughs> um,
2: <laughs> that might be a little bit like this. I did think tonight. I was like, what am I going to make? But um, I, gosh. Oh, now you're gonna have me thinking. There's so many things. I would That's imagine. the thing.
1: You've got such a universe of, you know, for me, it's like six things I could possibly think of. But, what
2: would yours be? Wait, I need to know. Well, I love
1: salmon. I I would, yeah, yeah, you know, farm. I love salmon. Yeah, salmon yeah. And, and some fresh vegetables. I mean, mushrooms, wild mushrooms and I'd salmon. probably pick an
0: Italian oh, dish, like uh, one of these things that has a, like a lot of, like anchovies and like yeah, yeah, yeah. these food mixed in oh, or, with.
2: Or linguine with clams? Putnesca.
0: Putnesca. Right? So, is that the right?
2: Putinesca. Yeah,
0: there you yeah, go. Yeah,
1: this oh. is my favorite. Yeah. Oh,
2: great. Here we go. Oh. Now I'm hungry.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, A
2: glass oh. of wine, dinner, we would all be good. And we will get back to our, hopefully, you know, where we're all together again. I
1: would love that. Okay. Well, we'll look forward to that. And thanks so much, Lori. Um, yeah, thank uh, you. And go to westportfarmersmarket.com and order some food and and look for it soon, opening up in a parking lot near you in Westport. All right. <laughs> Bye guys. Thanks, Lori. Bye bye. Here
2: we'll stop.